Hi everyone, I'm Summer. I'm Carrie. And this is Hopoxia Podcast. Join us to talk about sex, drugs, and self-improvement. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Same. I was having, (laughs) I didn't know if my messages were making any sense. I was having trouble. Like I thought (laughs) I was in, I apparently was in the room you know, because the way these are set up, you've got your streams and stuff. But like most of my settings and things were gone. And I'm like, it's because it had me logged in as a guest and not as the host. And I'm like, wait a second. I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm just like, oh. <laughs> so as it turns out, it's probably good that we missed our upload, our last upload, because clearly we've been going through it. And um, we're so technologically challenged, it probably wouldn't have happened anyway. <laughs> Or it would have been a big old mess. It's it's been a lot this last couple like weeks, so <laughs> for everybody. <laughs> Is it everybody? Because everybody I know, it has been so hard lately, so hard. Yeah. So is this just a universal crisis that we're all having right now? I think so. Somebody on TikTok because I live on there as everybody knows um said one of the planets is in something and as everybody's it's in micro i saw something about seven planets being in the microwave or something they're microwave gatorade <laughs> something <I> all of <laughs> all of the aids i don't know the kool-aid the jonestown kool-aid i don't it's know just... can you give me one second no no second <laughs> go ahead Anyway, we're going to demonstrate those breathing exercises for us. Yeah. We um, might could all use some guided breathing. <laughs> I could use something, vacation, a longer nap, something. <laughs> I am about to go on vacation. I'm jealous. Well, see, oh, is it? I'm going camping <laughs> and I hate camping outside. But my second kid, how old is he now? 20? He wanted to go to the Grand Canyon. And I'm like, okay, let's go to the Grand Canyon. And only the, other, the littlest one of the kids wanted to go. So three of us going to the Grand Canyon. And he wants, he's like, oh, it would be so cool to like, you know, boondonking and backcountry camping. I'm like, this is sounding less and less like vacation to me. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of extra work and a lot of time, like, on, like, the ground. Like, obviously. I, I usually camp in my van. Yeah, this is my, this is my micro camper. I have not attempted to sleep in a tent in 20 years. And that's because I had a, I didn't sleep at all and damn near had a panic attack last time I tried it. I refilled my prescription, taking it with me, because I keep telling myself, like, I'm in a better place right now. You know, I've done a whole lot more, you know, back then that was, I was, you know, in my early 20s, did, (laughs) you know, no trauma work had been done, any of that. So, um, so I'm like, I can do this now, because I know if I manage to do it without my brain going full, 
PTSD freak out, um, then it'll be easier next time, right? Because you yeah. you know you learn. Oh, I've done this. It's fine. I nothing horrible happened. That initial like leap into the first time, right? That's so, hard. if you get a panicked call while I'm out of town, I can't come get you because my car is fucked. But I can emotionally support you over the phone. <laughs> yeah, how is the car going? So she had a, a a slight accident that wasn't her fault, and by slight, I mean not little at all. Um, it. It's going. I took my cardiac estimate last week mm-hmm. for the initial assessment, and it was estimated to be like $7,800 worth of damage. Because um, I got hit, like, I have like a smaller like SUV of a Jeep, and so I got hit by an F 150, uh, you know, <laughs> extremely durable <laughs> and like working vehicles, very tough because they're, they're built for tough, obviously. Um, Jeeps are not built for tough, but, um, please don't sue us, Jeep. Please don't sue me. I love my Jeep. I love it so much. (laughs) It's not built for tough, but the truck hit me. Like I was going, like I had the right away. I was slowing down to like get up to merge to a turn lane at an intersection and a truck like came around a semi like trying to leave a parking lot turning left and didn't see me coming up like by the semi and hit my back passenger side like right above the wheel so they like my tire is bent inwards (laughs) a little bit and you can see it from like the back you can see it looking at it um and it looked like somebody took like a can opener to the back side of my car and like my bumper was hanging off like hanging on for dear life <laughs> like you could see like the insulation like in the car like in between the two walls you could see the insulation you could see like the styrofoam or whatever that material is like underneath the bumper um everything was just like hanging off it's currently duct tape with gorilla glue not gorilla glue uh gorilla duct tape <laughs> so but it was like $7,800 worth of damage on the initial um, estimate. But they did like a second one um, with the same shop and everything, like trying to get like previously used parts and like discounted stuff. And it was like 4800 for that. So they're going to not have to write it off as a total loss. Thank God. <laughs> and... I wasn't hurt, the driver wasn't hurt, and the other vehicle, his passenger wasn't hurt. Nobody around us got hit with anything, so everything's fine. It was just shitty, because it was like 105 or something that day, and so we were sitting in like a parking lot waiting for um, a police officer to get there to take a report, because the guy that hit me was willing to wait for the report, but his dad was his passenger and was trying to convince me that we didn't need a police report and it would be fine and i was like no we're getting one so we had to wait for like an hour for the police officer to get there and it was so fucking hot but it's still drivable and i'm gonna get a rental so so what are you doing for self-care in your very stressful 
Because I know it's not just that. You've got all this, you know, your job and everything else. Baking. What are you baking? Lots of, lots of baking. Um, so many danishes. Um, so many. <laughs> Can you bake me some cookies? Because I really want to eat my feelings <laughs> I would love to. My <laughs> She's going to enable cookies the other day to make edibles. <laughs> it looked like garbage, but. Oh. <laughs> He's not a baker, so I forgive him. They still looked good. They were just. They weren't like pretty cookies. They all made, they all merged into one giant cookie. <laughs> yeah. But today, after that means you get to eat the whole thing. That's what that means. Well, he made the edibles for his parents. I didn't even get one, which I guess Rude. is okay because it's for his parents. He's trying to be nice. I guess. Rude to me, but nice to me. Rude. You should get at least one. I was the one that told him how to make them while he was throwing it all in a bowl, you know? <laughs> I think today I'm going to try to make cinnamon rolls after this, so. Oh, yeah. I'm very excited. Well, other than that, I just, uh, playing video games, uh, not coping correctly and making and, like, working a ton extra. <laughs> So, see, that's what I'm struggling with, too, is the not coping correctly. And here's how I know that I'm not okay. Because like, I think I'm okay, right? Because I'm still doing all the things, right? And I think I'm managing all right. And then I go buy a 12-string guitar randomly when I don't <laughs> know how to fucking play guitar. What is that? But my brain's like, oh, look, it's pretty. Let's buy it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. Sup? So, yeah, <laughs> I got I gotta get better. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. I so the thing that happens when you've been in survival mode, right, is when it settles and you feel and you're finally safe. All of those things that you haven't processed and haven't dealt with come back. So I've got a fucking decade of grief from like multiple deaths and stuff that's been hitting me all at once. And like, it's good like to finally be processing some of that. But I'm just like, my brain keeps pinballing back and forth between like, okay, it's good, let's process this. But then also at the same time, there's this realization of, I did not realize how bad the situation I was in really was that it had me so shut down for this long. And then I have to be careful not to go into a shame spiral because then I start feeling guilty about what, you know, my choices then, you know, affected my other people, my people, my, my small people, my, my children. <laughs> right. Because they didn't make that decision to... Yeah bring her into the home and they didn't make the decision to make that permanent I mean yes they voiced their opinion and they were in support of it but they're children I ultimately made that decision yeah and so I don't know but even then like, there's no way to predict like how it would have gone anyway like right because there's so many different ways it could have gone and like I think that's like the hard part it is. And I mean, I have a friend who is a, a foster parent, has been for, I don't know, 20 years or something. And she reminded me, you know, like, you did the best you could with the information you had at the time. And if you had said no, then any 
every negative thing that happened to her after that point, you would have blamed yourself because what if I had taken her? And like rationally, I know she's right, but emotionally, I'm not there yet. <laughs> is it? Yeah, that is like, it's such a weird situation because when I was talking to like parents about similar things with for my job, you know, like it's rough because like they feel so upset and like guilty and stuff when they find out like about stuff that's happened to like the kids. And they're like, if I had just gotten them, like, sooner, if they had been put with me instead of this other home, like, they could have avoided that. And I'm like, I mean, maybe. <laughs> you don't know that, though. And, like, right. you do the best you can with the time you have with them and hope for the best. But, like, you literally cannot avoid life happening. And we can't control that. And I think that's part of my problem, too, is it the... Um, the feeling of being out of control is a bit triggering for me. Um, yeah, in that there was not anything I could do to actually affect the outcome. And so, so that's the thing, like, right? Like, as people, when we go through hard things, if the end result is what, however we assess it as good, right? It's the desirable outcome or whatever. Then we say, oh, it was all worth it. <laughs> but if it's not, those exact same experiences, and then it's just like, well, fuck. Yeah. Like that was <laughs> anticlimactic, right? It's just like, what? The- Being a person is hard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just so. I don't know. There are no words. Truly. And, like- and I. I I think the fact that there's ongoing concerns too, because like my cousin called me last week and said they, or I'm sorry, didn't call, he texted, he, we were talking by text, um, that they had just called him and asked him to take placement, um, which of course he couldn't do. We had already, you know, gone over all this, you know, with you know, the idea of kinship in the first place, because they always try kinship first before taking custody. And so he's like, you know, I just wanted to let you know, you know, no, I can't do it. And, but they didn't tell him anything. There were no disclosures. Literally the only thing was 15 year old, your 15 year old family member doesn't have a place to live. Will you take her? And so I have concerns that they are setting her up in placements that aren't aware, um, of what they are dealing with in order to approach her accordingly. Because there are different approaches you can take, you know, and some are going to escalate her behaviors a lot. And then some kind of keep that thing that going smoothly, but you don't, unless you know what you're dealing with, the way you typically will handle you know, kids, especially because with trauma background is the opposite of what she needs. And so they may be creating, I have concerns they might be creating a potentially volatile situation by not disclosing those things. Which again, nothing I can do about it. (laughs) But it doesn't stop the back of my mind from being like, well, you know, maybe there was something you could have done differently so that 
you know, she could have stayed, you know, stayed at home, but I mean, I, mean, I know, I, I know I tried for years, like, no, we were literally at a point where they're telling me, oh, we're getting involved either way. Yeah, like, it, it's so frustrating because I know that they're supposed to disclose and I'm hoping for the best reasoning why they didn't say anything in the phone call being that since it's a kinship placement, they would have assumed he knew. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> it's like, why I'm hoping. I'm hoping. And then I had to tell my friend, because I had not brought this, I had not told her this before. So up until I was still friends with my daughter on social media at the couple weeks ago um, when I made and this uh, made a comment about how it was inappropriate of her to be recording what appeared to be a minor in her placement home and putting it on the internet um, and that person appeared to not even know they were being recorded let alone um, put on the internet um, so at that point she unfriended me um, but and switched her profile over entirely to um, a persona that she had used previously to catfish people. And it had not occurred to me until that moment when I saw the two little, you know, because how your inboxes will show, you know, your messages from these people that you were talking to. And so I saw their little avatars together and realized her catfishing persona is my friend. She uses her name, her picture, which is an entirely different race for my daughter. Everything was identical except my daughter had added a nose ring. And I, I, I'm like, okay, so I need to tell you something. Like, because um, she knew about the catfishing because she was actually on the phone with me the first time I found found that she had been doing that like a few years ago and I'm like so this her this persona that she uses most of the time like it didn't occur to me but apparently it's you <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> your face it's like I don't know and she's like I don't know how to feel about that I said I don't know either but I thought I would tell you in case Anybody ever says anything like, you know, thinking they were talking to you. That's and wild. Yeah. yeah. I, like, and your daughter knows your friend? Like, oh, yeah. 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 Because I've been friends with her since elementary school. Like, that? We've practically, we basically have raised our children together. I'm, I feel like typically when you hear people like catfishing, they use people that they don't know, like in their real life to do it. So it's like, well, the, the name, it's the name and like the little cartoon avatars are based on her apparently, but then she has stolen someone else's who is closer to her age, someone else's pictures off the internet and are using those for the photos. That's it's so jarring for it to be people that she like, knows in real life like that's odd like <laughs> I don't know how to react to that either 
I don't know either. And I don't know why I didn't realize it before. I guess because the first time when I caught her doing this catfishing, she had, I think, three or four different profiles. So, like, I didn't yeah. register. I was more focused on, oh, my God, seeing, you know, the, the looming threat of some of the people she was talking to. Um, that it didn't occur to me. But then when I saw that, I was like, oh. This is that that's a different dimension I hadn't yeah. seen before. So I don't really know. That's a lot to unpack. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. To... <laughs> I, I don't know. Like I don't <laughs> even know. I it's one of those times where your brain is pinging like this isn't right, but you don't even have like a specific emotion that goes to it. It's just like, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. It's just like confusion. And like, I don't, I, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Like it's not even like my pictures or like, I'm not involved in any of it at all. And I'm still like uncomfortable. Like, right. <laughs> right. And I think that was the thing for my friend too, was like, okay, but when she has conversations with people as me, is she giving them actual information that's accurate to me? Right. Because then if you get somebody who like tries to find you in person, they're going to be locating her if yeah. they have her actual information. And I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, so that's a whole thing I don't know how to feel about, but I've noticed that, um, so she hasn't been here since, what, what month is this, August, so three months. Um, and I've noticed I still can't even walk through my door without bolting it from the inside which is understandable like you like you had to for so many years like it's not a habit that's gonna be like broken okay but I don't have habits I have ADHD I can't develop habits well, <laughs> I can't even take my medication when I'm going to be in protracted pain daily when I forget it so that well, means there's like the a wife. deeply that means <laughs> right that means there's a deeply rooted trauma there yeah that I wasn't cognizant of before this and that's I mean it's amazing that her brains can do all the things they can do but at the yeah. same time it's like oh because I do not to like the same level obviously but I lock all the doors constantly I make sure all the blinds are closed constantly like all the things constantly so that people can't look inside because somebody tried to break into our house when I was in seventh grade while I was home alone so that's the way I do it <laughs> I'm terrified of it happening and it's not the same right. level as yours but even just like that one time was enough to make my brain do it so I can't imagine like the level of trauma it would take in that kind of situation to make your brain do the things that it's doing. 
I think what's tripping me up here, because I have previous traumas, you know, we've talked about those on other episodes. But in those situations, it was people with more power, right? Older men, things like that. I think I think I'm stalled on the fact that this was a fucking child. Yeah. And I and the reason I got to that conclusion was from some of the comments on the TikToks that were like children can't be abusive because they're children. Um, they shouldn't be held accountable for, you know, trying to unalive people because they're children. And Like, in my mind, I, I know people feel, that, you know, think that. Um, but when I read it the first time, I had an emotional reaction instead of an academic one. So it was like, oh, yeah, yeah. there's something there. So I think that's what's tripping me up is the fact that in my, like, part of me feels like maybe... I don't know. Maybe it comes back to feeling like maybe I should have been able to do something because she was a child, even though like logically it doesn't work that way. Right. Like she was this tall. She's down near my size, you yeah. know, skinnier, but same height and everything. And, and still a lot younger. Strong, like right. Like, so it's like, logically, I know that, the, you know, the threat is real, but I guess part of me still has that, in the back of my head of, okay, but you're the parent, you should have been able to deal with this. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel. And to be sure you never miss an upload, make sure you turn your notifications on. And please come join us on social media so we can continue these conversations in between episodes. You'll find us at Hapoxia Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok.